All right, team, welcome back. Today's episode is brought to us by Liquid IV, America's number one leading hydration supplement. Whether we're looking for some electrolytes post-workout, an immune support, a sleep aid, and we also have a sugar-free option, it's all there with Liquid IV. We can save ourselves 20% off at checkout using code NOMADIC. That's Liquid IV, save yourself 20% off using code NOMADIC. Today's episode's also brought to us by Laird Superfood. They've got it covered from supplements, to coffee, to snacks. Everything comes from the ground. It's plant-based, focusing on nourishing our body from the inside out. That's Laird Superfood, L-A-I-R-D, Superfood. We can save ourselves 15% off using code NOMADIC. That's Laird Superfood, 15% off using code NOMADIC. Now... Let's get back to the chat. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time, brother. I guess we got Nick, the book guy. We got Nick, the book guy, and we got Alex, the nomad guy. Hey, what's your favorite book? How about we flip the script? I'll interview you to kick things off. Oh, <laughs> I love that, man. I like Talk Like Ted. That really yeah, helped. a good one. Carmine Gallo. That's a yeah. good book. That one really helped me, like, back in the day. Um, used to get, like quite wicked social anxiety. So it was like, right, what are the tools here to be able to talk to some folk? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. So probably talk like tech. I love the alchemist. Um, yeah. And then uh, daily stoic. Oh, daily stoic is so good, man. I can almost recite that whole book for my, you know, just for my memory. I've read it all the way through many times. It's a really good one. It's so good, man. Oh, what's the other one? Um, uh fuck man search for meaning that book shook my soul man uh that's another good one man you're naming some fire books those are those are a lot of my favorites too really really shook me up that like i like i like history i'm a bit of a geek when it comes to history i think um if we learn what has happened we can help to mold what will happen to go into the good side rather than the negative side you know how about we learn from what's already been done you know but um yeah a bit of a history geek and then try and uh try and learn from that man yeah well good for you yeah one of the things that people hear me say all the time is that a lot of us we think our problems are unique to us like we think our pain is unique to us our situations are unique to us but the fact is about a hundred billion billion with a B, a hundred billion people have lived before us. Millions of them have written books and thousands of those books could help you overcome the same problem that you're dealing with today, right? It details how somebody else overcame that same issue. And so, yeah, you're right. History is a great teacher. It's, I mean, just like reading uh, meditations, right? Or even those snippets from the Daily Stoic, you know, like people were writing these literally 2000 years ago, you know, I and know. They're, they're asking the same questions as, as, as we ask the mirror every morning, I was like, what's my purpose? Why am I here? What, what is life? You know, it's, it's all these existential crisis questions that like, Oh, we still haven't got the, got the answer to. And people all the way back then who we thought were peasants in terms of intel intelligence. Yeah. They were asking the same questions. We're in the same spot. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny that TikTok or Instagram trend about like, 
ask your boyfriend how often he thinks about the Roman Empire or whatever that thing is going around. And it's funny because I've been a fan of stoicism for years now. And it's like, yeah, I probably think about it pretty regularly compared to the average person because I'm in Marcus's head like every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What got you into stoicism? My friend Alec gifted me a copy of the Daily Stoic all the way back in, man, maybe like 2018. Uh-huh. So 2019, somewhere in that in that range. And his plan was every day, because we were like really good friends. The plan was every day we would each wake up, read a passage of the book, and then call each other on our way into work or whatever and talk about it for a few minutes. And so Love we never that. really got that routine set in place, but I read the book every day for years. And you know, Ryan Holiday has been on my podcast before and I just, I really, I love all the stoicism stuff. I have like five or six different stoic related tattoos as well. I know you can't see them, but yeah. What's your favorite like little snippet, little quote? Well, I got Memento Mori tattooed on my chest right here. Remember your own mortality. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think about, I think about death more than most people. Uh, because it helps me prioritize my time. And I don't want to live a life full of regret. I don't want to end up wishing that I had done more. I don't want to just passively consume social media and Netflix all day. Like I want to go out and do something, you know? So that's been a really good reminder for me. What about you? That's a great question, man. I think about death a lot too. I really, really do. I think about it at least once a day for a significant amount of time. Like I'll sit there and I'll have daydream for 30 minutes. And I was like, Al, what are you doing? I was like, I'm thinking about death, man. Like of, you know, are we supposed to be in this sort of trance, you know, a numbed state of in the middle of the pendulum until we end up dying? You know, we've heard that quote of, you know, many people die at 25 and they're buried at 75. You know, most people. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that, man. That's 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 not me and i think most most answers are in nature and usually they show you the answers within yourself you know um i'm a big fan of you know if the universe is the answer what's the question and our whole goal is to ask the right question because the answer's out there it's already there you know we just we just need to ask it the right question and it's um yeah i think about death a lot it's probably going to be along those lines yeah well, that's that's a good point that you brought up about the question. So one of the books that I'm listening to right now, and I don't really listen to a lot of books. I, I mostly read them, physical paper books. We could talk about why if you want, but uh, I'm listening to the Elon Musk biography that just came out by uh, by Walter Isaacson. And one of Elon Musk's favorite books growing up is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And in that Probably book- too. Yeah, 42, right? So it's not about the answer. It's about the question. And so I think a lot about that too, just like you do. Man, we're we're kind of cut from the same cloth. We consume a lot of the same stuff and think about a lot of the same stuff, it sounds like. See, like this, to be honest, mate, talking to people and talking to a whole array of people is, is a real privilege. It's a real beautiful thing. And the biggest thing that I've taken from, from this thing that we're doing now, this podcast thing, right, which is just like personal media, you know, a conversation of like tune in if you want, if you don't, cool, whatever, is people are more similar than they believe. You know, yes. you know 
what there might have been one day where I'd look to you and you'd have looked at me and be like, oh, there's different flags. They're in different orientations. There might be different colors. There's going to be a difference or age or height or gender or whatever, right? All these barriers that we end up uh, placing in front of each other for connection. You're like, we're not that different. We're really not. You know, we, we feel the same things. We ask ourselves the same questions. We kind of want the same thing out of life of like, hey, let's have a good time, see people smile, love our loved ones, and then somehow make it to the grave of like, Phew, that was a that was a wild ride. You know, I think one time through is enough. You know, like it's one of those things of like, we only live once, but if you live right, once is enough. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's uh so the question, like talking about good questions, what are you optimizing for is a question that I ask myself all the time. And I think the answer is enjoying the passage of time. That's yeah. it. And like, that's, that's slightly unique for most people, but like you said, it includes, it includes doing what you enjoy, not doing what you don't enjoy. It includes loving your loved ones. It includes living a fulfilling life. Like that's, that's what everybody wants. Where did that come from though? Have you always been like that or was there a, like an acute moment or there, was it a slow buildup over time or where did that come from? So I, I think from when I was born until 21 years old, I was mostly just asleep at the wheel. Yeah. I was uh, just kind of living life. <clears throat> didn't really, didn't really speak up very much. I also had a lot of social anxiety when I was growing up and I was just, I don't know, a sheep. Like that's a way to think about it. Yeah. But going into my senior year of college, university, whatever you want to call it, I was 21, 2021, and I took an internship at a local software company. It was a sales position. And my boss at the time, I just met him. His name is Kyle. And he he recognized that I was driving about an hour each way to this internship that summer. So he basically said to me, like, listen, man listening to, to the same songs, right? The same music playlist on your way into work for the 1000th time. Like it's not going to get you closer to where you want to be in life. You should check out podcasts. So that was the first, that was kind of when I decided to wake up really, because I listened to one show on the way to work, one on the way back for weeks. And so many of the successful people being interviewed were giving at least some credit for their success to the books that they were reading meditations, the daily stoic, extreme owner, whatever, man's search for meaning. And so I just kind of had this realization that if I was deliberately choosing not to read these books, then I was also choosing to live under my potential. And I didn't want to do that. So uh, from there, it's been a slow buildup over the last 10 years or so, eight, nine years. But that was like the moment where I sort of woke up. What about you? What was that moment for you? That's a really good question. Hmm. I've always been a bit curious. Uh, some say, in fact, many say rebellious, <laughs> but that that's just the Northern English man in me of like, you tell me to do something. My first thing is either going to be why or fuck off. You know, and I'm, I, <laughs> ideally I stick to the first one, but you know, the second one comes out a lot. So it's like, why, what, why have we got to do this? You know, where are we going? What, what, what's the point? Cause if there's no point in doing it, why should we do it? You know, I, I don't get it. It doesn't, it, you know, two and two is not five. You know, the whole 1984, you know, like uh, I start questioning. Um, but I think, uh, I think people have told me, I really do. I've got, I've got, again, a privilege of, of, of coaching. I coach CrossFit, coach fitness, right? I see people 
they, they, they come in, we do the fitness thing. I give them a high five. I tell them, peace out. We'll see you tomorrow. And just, you see pattern recognition time and time and time and time again. You know, I end up coaching for 13 years, CrossFit for nine. You, you, you see a lot of folk, you know, I've moved around a lot. So I've, you know, probably had the privilege of coaching about 10,000, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit under like around about 10,000 people. It's a lot of people. That's a lot of information. I can learn from a lot of people, you know, so they've ended up showing me of like, Oh, okay. Like I don't know everything. I really don't, you know, I, to help this person, I need to learn something different. I need to communicate in a different way. Or they say something. I'm like, what are you talking about? PNL, what's that business? What are you, what are you talking about? I'm just a guy teaching adult PE, you know? So over time you end up asking questions, asking the right question, I guess, or asking the right people a certain question. And you kind of learn from there. And I think it's been a bit of a slow burner. I could probably write a book the size of a skyscraper of the lessons that I've learned just from coaching people. Yeah, well, it's a it's great to learn from people like that. And you mentioned 1984. Uh, before we press record, you were like, what's your favorite fiction book? Uh, 1984 is up there, but is it even really fiction, right? That's the joke going around <laughs> these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or is it a nonfiction? It's like... Uh... Uh, the Simpsons, right? Always predicting the future. That's scary, man. Matt yeah, Groening, he knows things. I know. Maybe he's yeah, an alien. It's kind of wild. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of wild. Do you ever listen to uh, the Joe Rogan experience? Yeah. I think um, some of the guests he's got on is fascinating. And I think he's a fascinating mind. The way he communicates um it's a very, very interesting way. It's just open. I find, I feel like it's really open. Yeah. Well, I'm getting, I'm getting like a, you know, a lot of, I'm on a lot of podcasts, you know, promoting this book that I'm putting out soon. And a lot of them are, they're very cut and paste. They're very similar. They're very dry, but like Joe's podcast is very conversational and it's about whatever. And like, it'll go in any direction and he just follows his curiosity. And I get some of those vibes from you. So that's why I was bringing it up. You know, it's like, talk about aliens you could talk about whatever and uh so it's a lot of fun to host a show like that i, I like what you're doing i appreciate that like a fucking great deal man you know i just see this thing as a conversation you know don't don't ever think like i'm buddy worldwide news or bbc or it's going to be an interview it's like i have no questions i usually have three questions at the end that remain the same but if we don't get there we don't get there if it goes left right and center it doesn't really matter right like this this thing kind of started out of desperation you know i saw a lot of folk and for some reason they thought they could confide in me and some personal stuff they ended up saying that you know they keep slashing themselves they're not in a good way the head was in a noose they're really really suicidal and i was like oh, okay well let's talk about it you know i guess let's 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 try and figure this thing out and it seemed like it was helping I was working 18 hours at the time, sleeping on average four. I was literally shutting down, like having a mental breakdown and body was breaking. I was like, well, how do I have conversations with people if I don't have any time? And then that's when this thing came out. So I'm literally still using the same buddy microphone and we're just still talking shit. And it's like, well, the conversation's there if you, if you want to join. If not, no problem. Like you can say whatever you want. You know, I kind of got a rule of like, here's a table, pull up a chair, 
give me your perspective. I don't know. The only thing I know is I know nothing. And that's kind of it, man. Yeah, every time I read a new book, especially about a new subject, I learn that I know even less than I thought I did before <laughs> about the world. <laughs> it's a humbling experience. So although I grew up with a lot of insecurities around my ability to communicate and some social anxiety, I also developed an ego in the world of sports and stuff. Yeah, And that would represent itself at the expense of other people. But one of the first things that started to remove my ego was reading these books because I... I thought I was Mr. Know-it-all, you know, like you couldn't tell me anything I didn't already know. And then I start reading these books and the language is new. You know, there's a thousand books about a subject I didn't even know existed. And it's like, oh, so it was just kind of shot to my ego after shot to my ego, which was a lot of fun. What is your relationship like with your ego? I think it's really friendly now. So, I mean, the ego is defined in so many different ways, but I like stoicism kind of separation from oneself like uh thinking about the ego as the enemy almost you know the voice in your head that tries to get you to play small or judge other people unfairly or judge yourself unfairly and so you know but then the ego that i dealt with was never really self-deprecating other than the social anxiety it was more like oh look at me i'm the man you know it was oh, yeah. it was like arrogance like cockiness like i'm better than everybody else and that that was the ego that i dealt with and so i had to just learn that ego is the enemy and i had to learn that uh you know by providing value to other people you, you know that's a healthier relationship with myself and other people so i yeah, it's such a confusing subject, but I think it's it's that little voice in your head. You know, if you can kind of observe yourself from a third party perspective during meditation or something, you realize that you are not that voice in your head, which is kind of confusing. But yeah, I'm comfortable with it now. What about you? Oh, man, I think uh, I think heaven and hell is the extremes of our own consciousness. Um, and we pendulum from one extreme to the other and we we are the devil we choose to become and i i repeat that saying to me or maybe five times a day mate you are the devil you choose yeah, to become like everything is what you create you have the choice it is in your hands and uh you know i had a i had a question from one of members maybe a couple of weeks ago randomly she just went coach why do you train I just thought about it for a minute and looked back at it. And I was like, to keep the devil on the other side of the door and to remind myself that it's locked from the inside, to say that I have the control. You know, when you balls deep in a workout, heavy weight on your back, whatever, going for a run, doing meditation, journaling for some folk, whatever it is, you're in a situation which it's hard, it's difficult. You got to do hard things, right? It reminds me of like, oh, I'm in control. So if I treat this person poorly, it's my fault. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. If if it didn't quite work out, it's my fault. Oh, okay, cool. I've got contributing factors there. But the reins are in my hand. You know, it's locked from the inside. So I, I guess that's a, it's a way of me in my own humble pie, you know? Yeah, well, there's a good dose of extreme ownership for you. It is in your control. And uh, one of my favorite books, man, I haven't read it in a long time, but it was one of the first books I read. Joseph Campbell is the author. 
Joseph. Uh, what is the name of that book? It's uh, The Power of Myth, M-Y-T-H, The Power of Myth. And in that book, he says, all the gods, all the heavens, all the hells are oh, within us. Mean. Yeah, within me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's very similar to what you're saying. It's you are in control. And also kind of understanding what's not in your control, you shouldn't react to. That's kind of another stoicism concept is like, there are external events that you have no control over. So you can't let them rock your emotional center you know, a natural disaster, a worldwide pandemic, whatever it is that's not in your control, you have to understand the difference. But you should still take ownership of the situation. But like your reaction to an external circumstance is under your control. That is what you always have control over. So if you emo if you react emotionally to something like you have to take ownership of that and apologize and, you know, fix it, that type of thing. So that's that took me a long time to like figure out and get comfortable with. Here's the question. What are you trying to find? What am I trying to find? Yeah. I'll tell you, I found most of what I was looking for over the past 10 years. Wow. Because I when I think about when I think about a lot of people ask me about vision. You know, what do you, what do you want your life to look like in five years? And I'd just say more of the same, really. Like I've put 10 years in a very hard work. I've read 500 personal development books. I've implemented something from almost all of them. I've interviewed all my heroes. And like, at some point you're supposed to get there. And I feel like I'm, I'm close. Yes. I want more of an impact. I want more money. I could be a little bit healthier. I'm sure. I don't know if I could be happier though. So I don't know if I'm looking for anything. Like I, I just want more of the same, mm -hmm. but I've only, I've only been able to confidently articulate that recently because there were a lot of things that I hadn't accomplished. <clears throat> and I, the more I focus on the process, like the more I focus on finding enjoyment and what I do on a day-to-day -day basis and less about the outcomes. Like, I think I'm, I'm there. I wake up happy. I don't feel stress or anxiety. I don't think about depression at all. Uh, I make a positive impact on the people that I come in contact with. I'm not mean or emotionally reactive anymore. I have money, you know, I have my health. So like, I don't know if there's anything, there's more of those things, but like I kind of at that enough, not enough for the rest of my life, but enough on a daily basis type of thing. What pulls you? Well, I do think our purpose comes from our pain. And so for me, books help me overcome a lot of pain. That's the space that I work in full time. So what pulls me is the idea that the right book at the right time can change somebody's life. And that's what I'm focused on doing every day, providing book recommendations, interviewing authors, helping authors get their book in the right hands behind the scenes with my agency. I uh, just wrote my first book. So that's what I believe is your purpose comes from your pain. Books help me overcome a lot of pain. Now I want to help books get in the right hands of people who have pain and overcome that pain. So that's what pulls me. Your purpose comes from your pain. I think that is such a beautiful concept, mate. And I think more people need to hear and digest and understand it. Because we we, we feel pain like you put your hand on a hot stove and you, you pull it away and you ah fuck, I'm not going to do that again. You're like, 
we kind of need to explore it. We kind of need to digest it. We need to understand it and we need to be compassionate towards ourselves. And a lot of the time, hidden deep within it is your purpose. There's always a purpose. Yeah. And I think your purpose can change over time for sure. There's a quote, man, I forget who said this, but they said, don't ignore the opportunities in your life that have the opportunity to teach you the most. And I think pain is that opportunity for most people. It's like you try to ignore it. You try to get rid of it as fast as possible. But if you do sit in it, then you're much better off as a result. If you explore it, if you search around in it, because you can find a purpose. So yeah, I do believe your purpose comes from your pain. So many so many people are just trying to solve a problem for their younger self, right? Like for me, this book I'm putting out is all about effective implementation, taking better action on the books we're reading so that when you read Extreme Ownership, your leadership in your life improves. It doesn't just go in one ear and out the other, right? Because when I first started, I knew these books could solve the problems, but I didn't really know how. So now I'm trying to like help my younger self. I'm like, let me serve you. Let me give you the tips and tricks and strategies that I've learned over the last 10 years so that you can get there more efficiently with less pain. Because I think experience, like your own experience is such a wonderful teacher, but other people's experiences are even better teachers because you can understand the lesson without going through the pain yourself, which is fun too. Yeah. I mean, that's optimal, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 funny how little people question the efficacy of what they're doing. I mean, I have the conversation all the time. Like probably every class. In fact, definitely every class. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Yeah, all right. Is it getting any better? You know, that injury from that physio or whatever. Uh, same. Well, why are you doing it? Why are we doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results? Right? They're pretty pretty wise insanity. man. Yeah, pretty wise <laughs> man said that was the definition of insanity. I think we're gonna go with that. You know, it's like, why don't we try this up? Why we? How do we take this piece of information? Just one. Let's read one page. That's why I think the daily stalk really worked for me, man. You know, it's smaller passages. I can go one page and I can think about it, and then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. How do I then implement this? Like, how can then we then benefit in real time you know you can pick it up digest it sit it down get out in the world and give it a crack and maybe we can come back to the same page and be like well that didn't quite work i was like great it's not a failure you know it's not like you fucked up no no no, it just didn't work cool so how are we going to make it work it didn't translate to the environment in which you stand right now and that's okay we just have to mold it adapt it shape it try it again And then we'll get there. Yeah, it's one of my biggest qualms growing up in the U.S. public education system is that they teach you that failure is a bad thing. Yeah. You know, you're taught to avoid failure, avoid embarrassment in front of the class, avoid getting bad grades. But then you start your own business and you get out there in the real world and you realize that failure is the best. It's just part of the process. And it's where you learn the most. Again, pain is where you learn the most. So it's like, if you can sit in there and you can meditate in it and reflect in it and and learn from it, it's like, that's where the growth happens. You don't really grow when you're winning. You just keep doing the same old thing because you're winning, but like losing failure, pain teaches you that you have to iterate and improve before you try again. 
so again, that's where the growth comes from. And, and I think that's, I wish that more people taught that at a younger age. Yeah, me too, man. You know, the UK has fallen victim to the same thing as the States of like, here's a piece of information. Do us a favor in six months time. Can you regurgitate it back to us? You know, and it becomes a memory game at the end of the day rather than anything else. And I was like, well, aren't we supposed to be able to encourage these kids to mold themselves and be malleable enough to change, to then try and then break and then figure out and then learn and grow and break again. And it's like, yeah, we're supposed to adapt and change and grow. We're not supposed to be stagnant. Stagnation is what we're like purgatory. You know, my, uh, my gramps, he's, he's no longer here, but he had a really big belief that this life is purgatory. And to be honest, the more times I think about it, the more I see it being being true. So I, I try not to think about it too much because I'm like, you know what? I could believe that. But I think about it now in the terms of, oh, we have to try and change. You know, I have to seek out information that disproves my current beliefs because maybe it strengthens my beliefs. Maybe it just says, in fact, actually, I was right all along. Most of the time it means, oh, okay. There is, a, there is different ways. There is more ways to skin the cat because we can't stay the same, man. Yeah. Well, that's shout out back to, to Joe Rogan. That's why I love listening to his podcast because he invites people on that he disagrees with and that have different perspectives. And he doesn't try to shut them out. He just sits back and he listens and he, and he learns. And I think that's so cool. It's a beautiful thing. I got three questions. Hit me. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? When I was in my early 20s, I wanted to take a jump from my full-time job into book thinkers, which was just a side hustle, but it it didn't have any success at the time. And one of my mentors, a coach at the time, told me, he said, Nick, listen, man, it always takes longer than you think it's going to. So please be patient. Don't jump off the cliff and try to build the parachute on the way down because you'll operate from a place of scarcity. You'll compromise on your values. You'll, you'll end up running out of money and you'll give up on entrepreneurship. And just like you, I'm rebellious. So he said, just stick it out, man. Be patient. No matter how many times you read Aesop's fable, the tortoise and the hare, the tortoise always wins every single time, please be patient. And so that's what I did, man. And you know, now my agency employs 10 people and we help hundreds of authors a year and I just wrote my first book and I'm full time in it, man, but it, I waited, you know, and if I didn't wait and if I made that jump, I would have burned out. I would have given up. So that's the best advice that I've received. It always takes longer than you think. That's so beautiful to hear too, man. You know, I, I know it sounds cliche, but I like to hear people doing well. You know, it's really fucking cool. Seeing someone have a little fire Thank under you. their ass and being like, you know what? In fact, I've gone for it, you know, and it and it's working out. It might not have worked out the first time or the 150th time, but they're, they're there, they're cracking on, they're swinging that bat. You know, I, I, I was given a, um, a stat the other week. Of, you only need to hit 30% home runs to reach the Hall of Fame in baseball or something crazy. And I was like, 30%? <laughs> One out of 10? Hall of Fame? Cool. Keep going. We're all good. Love it. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? There was a point in my business where a business partner and I were sort of seeing different, different visions for, for book thinkers. And he told me to quit the business. He told me, 
hey, man, I don't think this is going to work out for us. I think that, well, he quit. He was like, I'm done. But he was like, listen, man, I think you should stop too. I think you should give up on this. It's it's not going to work out. And uh, I think he was being sincere at the time. Like he genuinely believed that book thinkers, my business wasn't going to work out. And so he was looking out for me, but it's the worst piece of advice, man, because here I am today living my dream life. And if I had given up on that, I know for a fact, I wouldn't be because again, businesses take a long time to build and it's taken a long time to build and through failure, I've found opportunity, but, uh, yeah, I think that was the worst piece of advice. The other, I'll throw one more out there too, which is, uh, that this idea of big leaps, you know, big giant risks all the time, it's, it's not sustainable. And if you try to go out there and make a million dollars by the end of the month and, and you're upset that you didn't do it and you end up giving up, like it would have been better off to set a more realistic goal, build some momentum, build a foundation and work from there. So I'm all about thinking big quantum leaps, price Pritchett, shout out, awesome idea, but you have to jump from a foundation. You can't jump without a foundation. That's it, man. I think people underestimate the the menial, slow work, right? Of just like, oh, this is just a grind, man. You're like, yeah. What did you expect? You know, I got again. I got a saying of like, you got to dig holes. You know, every day you're gonna go outside. You're gonna dig a hole. Some days yeah. you're gonna go out with a shovel. One days you're gonna go out with a bulldozer. The next time you're going to go out with a teaspoon and then maybe on the fourth day, you're going to go out with your bare hands, but every day you've got to go outside and you've got to dig a hole and that's it. You know, take dirt from one place and you put it in the next. And like, if you need that reminder, go outside with a teaspoon and dig yourself a hole. It is painstakingly slow, <laughs> but that's what you got to do, man. Just literally one foot in front of the other, just bum shuffle your way to the top of Mount Everest. Yeah. You know, I love it. 30 year overnight sensation. Last question. I love it. What are the three words you would tell your younger self? Slow and steady. Mm. Just slow and steady wins the race. Slow and steady. Brick by brick, you know? Brick by brick. Dirt by dirt, however you want to say it. Absolutely. Big fucking holes. Yep. <laughs> that might be my English way of putting it. <laughs> Brother, I can't I wait to get it. my hands on it, man. When's it come out? November 1st. So it's available for pre-order in most of the most of the world. But by November 1st, it should be available for pre-order everywhere. So uh whatever your favorite online retailer is, check it out. Rise of the Reader, strategies for mastering your reading habits and applying what you learn. Rise of the Reader. Did you uh did you decide on which cover to go from? I did. Yes. So it's, uh, I, I went with the color just because more people voted that way. I got my community involved at every step of the way. And yeah, so more people decided on the one with more color. And, uh, so yeah, really excited to get it out there. In fact, I have some early copies already. So I like as of the reader, I preferred yeah. that one. That's the one I bought. It for. Good. Good. <laughs> Looks good, man. Love it. Mate. Thank I can't you. wait for it to come out. I can't wait to get stuck in more than likely with my reading speed. It will take me two years to get through it, but it's okay. I'll get through it. Um, two years. Well worth it. Yeah. Yes. Well worth it. hundred percent, mate. Take some stuff from it, implement it. Can't wait. And we'll get you back Thank on you. once, uh, once I've read it. Love it, man. Yeah. I'm always happy to come back. Right. Thank you so much for your time, brother. This has been an honor and a privilege.
Yeah, you're the man. Thank you. No, no, no. We're just I'm just there, man. That's all. <laughs> Have a good Both day, man. Us. We'll we'll uh we'll speak soon, yeah. My man. Peace. See you later, everybody. <laughs>